0: Hi, this is Carrie Byron from the Mythbusters and you're listening to The Geek Generation, my favorite podcast.
1: Generation, episode 156. Oh, Volpe's not here. (laughs) That's what that means. I can't do that. (laughs) Mikey Arsnow is in studio with me, and uh, we're here to recap our experiences from New York Comic-Con last weekend, of
2: which we had a lot of fun. Oh my god. If you've never been to a Comic-Con, you gotta go. Even if you're not sure you're gonna have fun, you will. I I can almost promise that. Guaranteed. Yep. Even if you're not into the stuff, it's an experience in itself. Yeah, if there's something you... If you're into
1: anything, you will find it there. Yeah. That's what's so much fun. Every little corner is, like, dedicated to different things. And and New York being the second biggest con in the country. And did it get bigger? Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So many more people even this year than last year. It just keeps going larger and larger and harder to move around in.
2: And I think they had more uh, floor room this year. They may have, yeah. A little bit more on the main floor. Yep. Because there used to be like a little corridor you had to pass through to get back in to another area. Okay. And now it was open all the way up. The uh the Empire stage,
1: that was new this year, too. The, like, Arizona-sponsored mm-hmm. Empire stage. I, re- I had read that last year. That was actually separated into, like, three different panels. That's why they have the three different doors we could have gone through. Yep. Normally, that's separate panel rooms. But because of the Arizona sponsorship, they kind of sponsored that stage. Oh, cool. So that's why it was, like, a almost a smaller version of the larger main room type idea. That seemed like a random sponsor to me, a little bit yeah there was some blowback on that really especially based on the promotional (laughs) the i love
2: large cans (laughs) i love big cans yeah
1: (laughs) there were these women walking around with tight tank tops very like hooters style and they said i love big cans right on them which there's already so much like sexism and stuff people complain about at comic conventions it's mostly cosplayers that complain about it because they're the ones that usually it's directed towards but the, the percentage of women and females that go to these conventions is increasing. And there was actually like a commercial that I guess they showed in that theater on Friday night where it was, it was so ridiculous. Like people were taking the Arizona or it was women drinking the Arizona big cans and then like it was overflowing out of their mouths <laughs> yes. and doing like wet t-shirt type things oh. and people were like getting, it. it was so blatant, I guess, that people were actually going, "Oh, like not, yay!" <laughs> wow. They were actually they railed against it, and those got removed from the rest of the convention because of all the complaints of
2: sexism and stuff. Oh my god, that's funny. Yeah, because right? I, I thought the I liked the t shirts. I thought they were funny. I thought just a little bit of humor thrown in there. Yeah, but I didn't know about the video. Yeah, the video is a
1: little much. The I bet there are still people that complain about the actual t-shirts though yeah but some people just don't have a sense of humor no you gotta you gotta draw a line somewhere and go okay we're not gonna make this a sterile freaking thing you gotta have some sort of
2: tolerance i didn't care who was wearing the t-shirt right it could have been some woman with no chest and or someone with a huge chest i think the shirt's funny and i was saying too there should
1: have been like a 300 pound guy with one yeah just because give me one i would have worn it around (laughs) Get anyone with big cans. It doesn't matter. That's right. We're not gender specific here. <laughs> that's right. Boobs are boobs. <laughs> Equal opportunity sexism. That's right. Um, so we're going to recap a little bit of the stuff, a little bit of stuff, a lot of the stuff that we stuff. did. We did a lot of stuff. This was one of our more productive years, pretty much overall. And this was the first year we really kind of delved into the, the opportunities that are presented to press. We've gone as press for several years, but. We've never really gone to all of the b- behind-the-scenes, backstage stuff. And this year, we definitely took advantage of that, and it resulted in some pretty cool stuff. Absolutely. So we'll go with that, too. Uh, so the first thing we did Saturday, I'm pretty sure the first thing I did was stop by the Namco Bandai booth to play Battle of Z. Yep. The Dragon Ball Z game, um, which I had to wait in line for longer than I thought, even though there were only three people in front of me.
2: But and then you start wandering away (laughs) like right at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, take pictures. of. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't want to say I look at this as work, but I I definitely when I go in there, I have a mindset. I'm there for a reason. Mm -hmm. So my and also I like to try and take as many photos as I can right off the bat. Right. By by Sunday afternoon, I'm kind of burnt out. So I got to go in hot. Yep. Get it done. <laughs> Get it done. Get it done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You were all over the
1: place. Yeah. Sometimes I was like, where'd Mike you go? Yeah. <laughs> I know he's taking pictures. I just don't know yeah. where he went. Yep.
2: <laughs> I mean, I always tried. I mean, it's kind of set up in a grid, and I always try and go around what I would say was like a block. Yeah. But a lot of times by the time I got back, you had started to leave. Right. I'm like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to tether each other next That's year. Right, yeah. They
1: actually have those uh, t-shirts on ThinkGeek that are proximity ones. Where it will kind of like fill up the lights when you're close enough to the other person, really? yeah, I'm thinking we might need that's something awesome. like that, yeah, just get some sort of proximity sensor <laughs> so we know where <laughs> each other are, that's cool, yeah, uh, so we I played Battle of Z uh, a little bit. The only thing that annoyed me about it I enjoyed the game. The only thing that annoyed me a little was that I was looking at the the character select screen. And it was like Vegeta and Goku, and and then I was like, yes, Trunks. Oh, Trunks with the sword. Yes, that's who I want to play as. I'm going to hit that. Why am I playing as Goku? Oh, no. <laughs> I think they might have just had one demo. I don't know if the character select was just an FU. maybe. Even though they had a limited amount of characters you could choose,
2: but then I chose that, and I was playing as Goku anyway, so <laughs> whatever. Well, At least they had a great amount, so you at least could have gotten an idea of who you could play yeah. later on, but yeah, yeah, that was a tease. I think it might have just been like the <laughs> one demo. So, uh, yeah, that was a little tease. Uh, then we went
1: over to the Triforce booth, which I freaking love. It's too bad. We never made it back for an interview. I know. I I was actually thinking about that too. Cause even when I was talking to the rep there and he walked me around like everything, cause I love chatting those guys up. If you ever see Triforce at a comic convention, talk to them. They are the nicest friggin' guys. They're not even trying to sell you anything. They just love the fact that you love the stuff. Mm they, they put so much work and so much pride into what they do, and it really is amazing, amazing stuff. One of the big, like, centerpieces this year, and if you don't know what Triforce is, it's all, like, prop replica from video games, and uh, it is primarily video games, Pretty, but yeah. some comic book stuff and things like that. A lot of Metal Gear. Yeah, and they have usually limited amounts of the pieces they do because they're so well-crafted and everything, but their big centerpiece was a prototype for a Green Arrow arsenal. And it was huge. I've never seen them make anything this big before. Like, they have big guns and stuff. One of the reps let me hold the dagger that was on the back of it, and it was heavy. Just the dagger itself. Really? And he's like, the
2: rest of this is made of the same thing. That's what I love about Triforce, their scale. I mean, everybody's got their own stuff, and it's really cool, but Triforce stuff is just big. And it's one-to-one. It's actual real size scale. So Mm -hmm. that's cool. Like
1: they make the replica Riddler trophies from Arkham city. And, uh, they, they did like a Batman gauntlet holding that. They have a scythe from, uh, dark, dark, dark siders, I think is what it is. Um, but that's awesome. But the green hour arsenal had, uh, like three arrows on the front that had different arrowheads. They had a regular one. They had like one that had a taser on it and they had one that had some like icicles, because it was like a freeze arrow and i asked the guy i'm like no boxing glove arrow that's kind of the the staple like green arrow type thing he was like it just doesn't look right on yeah. on there compared to those. i like, yeah, i get that uh but then there's a comp- compartment in the back too which you had gotten a picture of and i'll put that up in the show notes i'm going to have a lot of pictures a whole we we did put up the gallery of the cosplay stuff which we'll talk about too but mm-hmm the the other things that we took pictures of i'm going to put a whole separate gallery yeah the toys of all that and props. stuff too yeah yep. uh there was tons of stuff there so the back of it there's a little compartment that opens and there's all these like little darts and stuff and just as like a little nod there's a small little photograph of black canary which is green arrow's girlfriend so that was a cool little touch yeah but the centerpiece it was amazing it was it, i'm always blown away by what they do they're like this is a prototype we might make 100 pieces of
2: this, maybe. Yeah, there was a lot of detail for a prototype. Yeah, right? A lot of, a lot of the prototypes I've seen in the past, it's more of just a mold. Yep. No color, mm-hmm. nothing. I mean, this thing, I mean, this thing looked real. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the problem. You see props from a movie, and you see them in real life, and you're just like, oh, that's what that looks like? They look cheap. This thing looks like, damn, I'm going to pick this thing up, and I'm going to use it yeah yeah i did ask if the bow was working
1: and they're like no we don't go that far with it but (laughs) you couldn't actually fire those arrows yep but it it looks amazing uh so that was cool they had a working or they were working on a black mask helmet from uh batman arkham origins so even though the game's not out yet they've already started developing like that one i guess the mask will open up and there's like a little chamber in the neck and stuff that they keep other things in which is cool Uh, And like you said, that one wasn't painted or anything. That was just kind of a grayscale type idea. Uh, And then the thing that kind of blew me away that I was surprised blew me away was the Tetris pieces. Oh, you told me about this. I so wish we went back so I could have seen it. I know, right? I wish we could have seen them working. Yeah. Because they have these replica Tetris pieces and you're like, well, what the hell do you do with a Tetris piece? Who cares? They're just geometric shapes. But they had them all stacked up and that's cool to begin with. They looked cool. It'd be nice like... I can see you putting it up in a, in a place like against a wall is just like a, n- a nice little display. But they actually do more than just look that way. Each of the pieces has a magnet on all sides. So you can make any structure you want with them and they'll all stick together. That's cool to begin with. Each of the pieces lights up individually, which is also cool. And then the kicker on top of all of this, the guy said, if you actually build a Tetris, the pieces will know that and they will start blinking <laughs> All the pieces that are a part of the Tetris will start blinking. And I was like, that is amazing. <laughs> Cause what do you do with Tetris pieces? Yeah. I I just wish we could have seen it actually like working, but that was amazing. That was really cool. I gotta find out where they're based and see if we can just like go and
2: see the facility. Oh man. That would be amazing. I mean, obviously they're not could, probably not gonna allow photos, but to see the behind the scenes and right. see what's coming up. Oh. That'd be so cool. Have them on the show and everything. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, We then went to the most disappointing panel every year <laughs> and has been for the last two years. And I'm pretty sure, barring anything that's super, super exciting, I'm not going to it next year because I am sick of sitting through it. Yeah. It is just depressing on all levels. And that's the Marvel video games panel.
2: They always throw out the same jokes, too. Yeah. You know, they always have the same guys, which is good. Yep. You know, it's consistency, but I don't know. It's the same humor. Yeah, I, it just doesn't thrill me. And like we said last year, it was all focused on
1: Facebook and mobile platforms and almost no console stuff.
2: No. And that's exactly the way it was this year. They so, repeated a lot of the games. They Again, did. pinball last year, pinball this year. Yep. You know, they had the same uh, mobile card game. Yeah. You know, it was just a lot of additions to games they announced last
1: year for the most part. Uh, I'm going to do a quick rundown for people who actually care. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. They talked about Marvel heroes, they revealed some new characters and costumes. Uh the one that actually looked kind of fun because I like this type of game is the one called Marvel Run Jump Smash. Oh, okay, the one that was uh introducing was yeah. It Korea? Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's already out overseas. Uh and I think it might be out soon or now or I don't know for uh local markets but it's an action runner uh for iOS, Android, and Windows Mobile. And I I just like that kind of game. I like those runner-type games. And you switch characters in mid-level and yeah, stuff. it's kind and of like stuff, a kick and... back to an arcade game. Yeah. Which yeah. is fun. Yeah. Like, I I get that kind of iOS game. If that's what you're going to do, that's fun. But don't make your whole friggin' catalog all mobile and Facebook and garbage mm-hmm. like yeah, that. Yeah, that's disappointing. Yeah, very. Uh, then they want Marvel Pinball, which is console, but it's pinball it's like marvel can't do a real video game they have to do all these weird other ones that
2: are not action games or adventure games or anything like that yeah that's my problem with the mobile console you really only need to get a game that's good enough to entertain you for 20 minutes right because nobody's really going to sit down for hours on end and play on their phone right so if they make a couple bucks off that that's what it is it's to me it just seems like a way to make a quick buck
1: yeah yeah i agree uh, they announced a Doctor Strange table for Marvel Pinball, which, sure, whatever. Yeah. Uh, there were a bunch of other bullshit mobile games. I'm not gonna get into, cause they were bullshit. Yeah. I, I just don't care. Uh, but then the one that kind of angered me was the Thor: The Dark World mobile game, which is uh, I forget what company does like all these, but they they were saying
2: console quality graphics on your iOS. They didn't specify which console. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then they showed a lot of video of it. And I mean, it, it looked decent, you know, for a mobile game. Mm-hmm. But my problem was your hands are going to be all over the thing. Yeah. A lot of the games that are decent, they almost give you an area where your hands are going to be. Mm-hmm. So you're not blocking the screen. Right. They didn't offer that. That and playing on
1: those is just obnoxious. Yeah. Like we've been playing Plants for Zombies and stuff.
2: I I tried it. I had to stop playing because I kept putting plants in the wrong spot. Yeah,
1: it's frustrating. Yep. They just don't control as well. But if you have something, too, that has, quote unquote, console quality graphics, why not just put it out for the console, too? Like, I I don't get it. It's I would. I don't even mind the style of game that it is like it. It wasn't the typical third person behind the back, over the shoulder action adventure type game. And that's fine. Do something different. We don't care. But puts more stuff out for the consoles. I just feel like they have lowered, they've lowered their expectations. And that's where the mobile platform comes in. It's a field of lowered expectations, <laughs> really. And when you can pay a couple bucks for something, they're like, oh, okay. Well, even if you only play for 20 minutes, we already got your money, so we don't care. And if you play for longer, then we're going to have all these microtransactions that you can continue to pay for. <laughs> even though you bought the game. That thing's a leech. Oh, it's awful. So <laughs> we've ranted about that. The reason we actually went to or that I made everyone go to the Marvel video games panel uh, was to see Lego Marvel superheroes.
2: That which, looks like a lot of
1: fun, which looks awesome. The demo is out now and I have played it and it's fun as hell. It is so much fun and I can't wait to play the full version, um, which actually comes out this Tuesday. It comes mm-hmm. out on the 22nd. So that's amazing. But they announced a, a crapload of new characters. The only thing I wish is that they spent more than five minutes talking about the game and they showed a little more than just like stills of the new characters. But they did show some gameplay with like vehicles and stuff, which was cool. And actually they had an accidental reveal in there where they showed She-Hulk and they hadn't announced her yet. And they were like, oh, well, oh, <laughs> there's <yeah>. another character. <laughs> yep. Uh, but they announced I'll do a quick rundown. They announced Electro Shocker Pyro Nightmare Absorbing Man, Malakith, who's also the villain in the new Thor movie, uh, Curse, who you'll also see in the new Thor movie, Taskmaster, Power Man, Iron Fist, Havoc, Polaris, Moon Knight, The Future Foundation, Aunt May, yeah, <laughs> which that was, was th- that got applause, yeah. that was hilarious, and she hits people with her purse and stuff, that's like her only attack, <laughs> and then uh, their big one that they almost skipped over was Superior Spider-Man. Which is the Spider Man that has Doc Ock's brain in him. That's why he had like the extra arms coming off and stuff. So they announced all those characters. And for people who don't know, this game is supposed to have over 100 playable Marvel characters.
2: Yep. Yeah, you forgot one actually. I did. Yep. The uh, Stan Lee Hulk. Oh, they had that. That They had announced that one before. Oh, okay. But, all right. but that's awesome too. Yeah. Yeah. But that one, I guess that's something you just have to encounter. It's yes. not necessarily something that has to happen. Right. Or is it? Uh, I, well, he's someone you can unlock, yeah. but I think he's not easy. They said he was hard to
1: find, mm-hmm. but Stanley is in there, I think, in various different power things like, you know, Spider-Man's powers, Hulk's powers, and they're all Stanleys, just different versions of them. I believe the game has a character creator, too. Where you can create something and then assign whatever powers you want oh, to that'd it. Oh, that would be fun. Which is cool. Yeah. Cause we're gonna have Red Berserker Hulk.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was blown away by the scale of the city. Yeah. Oh my God. That's what they were showing. They were showing like all of New
2: York. Yep. And they went above it and it was
1: huge.
2: Ridiculous. So I haven't, I haven't bought a game for myself in a while and I'm really thinking this might happen. Well, I'm gonna wait a little bit. I think maybe yeah. uh, it comes out October 22nd for current
1: gen, but it also comes out November of this year so next month for ps4 and xbox one so if i wait just a little bit and i can get my hands on a ps4
2: then uh, next gen you gotta start eating taco bell my friend (laughs) (laughs) Uh, why are they doing giveaways uh yeah they're giving away according to their commercial they're giving away a ps4 every 15 minutes what yeah no way Mm -hmm. where are they getting them all i don't know That is the weirdest
1: collaboration, Taco Bell and PlayStation.
2: (laughs) Although, (laughs) well, they do kind of go hand in hand. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I was gonna say, yeah, Mm, probably some tacos. (laughs) Um, we went from there to our first press event, which was the one I was the most excited about because I had been maybe harping about it the entire time leading up to New York.
2: (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. It was, it was worth it.
1: Yeah, it was a good time. The style wasn't exactly as I thought it would be. Uh, we expected more of like
2: the round table. Mm-hmm. And it, it should have happened that way. Yeah. It was a small enough crowd. It could, it should have. It happened was a that small way. group. Yeah. Very small group. I don't know the exact number, but it was definitely under 30. Right. Definitely. Yeah. We could have done a video interview if
1: it was in a different format, but they set it up like a press conference. Uh, We threw all our recorders up front and they just kind of, we fired questions off and they answered them and that alone
2: was entertaining. Yeah. Except for you said, you haven't said who yet.
1: Oh, yeah, this <laughs> I haven't said what this is all for. Yep. Uh, this was for the Pete Holmes show, mm. which is going to be a new late night talk show coming on after Conan starting October 28th. Uh, and it'll be on at midnight. It's a half hour show. So unlike a lot of other late night shows, it is only a half hour format. I actually like that, though. I do. I feel like because I'm I I can never stay up till midnight. It's just not an option with my job. I'm sure you have the same issue. I get up too early. Right. But this way, I feel like I can catch up later on. I will never fall that far behind because it's only a half hour. Yep. So You could sit
2: down and bang out quite a few episodes in a short amount of time. Absolutely. So I'm very excited about that. I'm, I'm
1: incredibly excited for his opportunity, which I actually mentioned during it. There were a couple. Well, I have a lot of audio from their answers. The problem was you couldn't hear the questions coming out because all the microphones were directed at the table. So I got, I got some of that audio and I tried to transcribe it as best I could. So there is an article on the that has all the questions written and then it has the audio responses. So you can actually hear the, the actual audio from the people answering it. But I do have a couple here that I'm going to play you. The first of which was about uh, someone asked about the writing process that they're using and what the tone of the show will be like and this was the response
3: right now uh, we we have four writers it's a a small staff and Orin and i are kind of writers as well so that's six the name of the game right now is trying to teach people as absurd as it sounds you're trying to teach people how to write for you because i'm trying to make the show very of course similar to my sensibility and these people came in from other writing jobs and other worlds and you're trying to show them oh i would say this or i wouldn't say this or my batman wouldn't say this but my batman would say that you know what i mean so you sound like a lunatic. You start referring to yourself in the third person like Pete would never would never say that. That's too disparaging for Pete. Uh, so we're trying to teach people the tone. And to speak a little bit about the tone, I think people, it sounds like some of you are familiar with what we do. We, we're we not boring. We have a little bit of an edge to us. But also at the same time, it's very positive. There's, there's a little bit of a happiness and a silliness to it. Like we were just on the floor here at Comic-Con. And I think the natural choice for a comedian is to kind of do nerd humor and be like look at these idiots do you have a girlfriend what do you do what do your parents think and like just here today uh, the the vibe of our show is like this is the greatest this is like we volunteered to do this i, I feel like i know everybody cuz i see deadpool i don't know who it really is but i'm excited to see deadpool and and he's excited to see superman and and to do a photo together and then you have like vaguely erotic women everywhere it's really <laughs> We're, we're, not, we're not forcing it. I am a positive person. We're not going to be saccharine and stupid and false. We're going to be authentic and real and hopefully interesting, but it's, it's going to be in that sort of Conan way not at anyone's expense. We're not here to tell you how much the world sucks or how shitty things are. Even if you had mixed feelings about Affleck being Batman, we didn't like go after Affleck. We just put him in, we just put Batman in Goodwill Hunting. That's the sort of mentality we have. If you want someone to shit on Affleck, you can watch any other show. <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: come from an honest place too. And that's what you're teaching the writers, so I think a lot.
3: Yeah. Well, that's also true. There's there, We have like a no lying rule. I, I don't lie in my stand up. Uh, It's kind of weird. It's a little bit obsessive for me. I don't like saying, unless it's obvious. If it's obvious that I'm lying or just joking, I'll make that clear. But I've never told a story that didn't happen or or just fabricated something that would be hilarious. And and we're going to bring that, two words for the show are authentic and transparent. We want it to be real, and at the beginning, when people are watching it, if we are just figuring it out and kind of flailing a little bit, we want you to see that. We want you to feel like you were involved in something that, from its inception, and uh, and have all of that be genuine. So, when the writers are writing for me, the the strangest answer to your question is they they have to learn a lot about me because that's what we're trying to teach them and the audience.
1: I appreciated that answer, the 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 approach that they're taking to things, because like you said, they want to celebrate this stuff. They don't want to come after like Conan goes after the nerd community in a way, because he's not one of them. And it's funny. He does it in a really hilarious way, but I like the fact that someone who's into this stuff is going to be celebrating it while making fun of it. Yeah. So that's a definitely different tone there. And when he said that he was getting his writers to to write in his voice, I was like, well, I've been doing that
2: since I started to stand up, so <laughs> can I have a job? <laughs> that was yeah. my first thought. No, it sounds good. I'm really looking forward to the show. Yeah. You know, I love... I love comedy. I mean, how can you not love comedy? (laughs) I don't like laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right. I mean, if it doesn't make you feel good. Right. And the fact that he has the same
1: sensibilities, he's into video games, he's into the geek culture and things like that. So very interested in that. The other thrill of this panel for me was asking him a question myself, which I did do. Uh, and before, of course, I had to let him know how much I love him. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah.
2: I, didn't, I didn't get that at first. I'm like, oh. wow, Rob, you're going a little over the top here, you know, and then we were listening to more of his podcasts and stuff and to, to hear that he loves like, to hear like, praising of himself yes. and and then and then it hit me I'm like okay now I get it I did what I could <laughs> to play
1: to his sensibilities yeah. I I know my
2: audience but I I did try to
1: include my side of the audio from the next clip when I actually asked the question and then uh he answers just cuz it's me so I felt I could do that and be okay with it but uh I I don't know how well it's going to sound so uh basically I just kissed his ass for a sec uh which was completely sincere don't get me wrong i wasn't doing it just to do it. i'm a huge 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 B. holmes fan people have heard me talk about it before but then i asked him about his ever-present friend chelsea peretti who's always on the podcast and whether or not she'll be on the show and uh this was the question and response uh, first of all i love the podcast oh thanks and um, you say it to people all the time but you are the absolute best and i'm so happy that you got oh. this
3: opportunity oh, oh thanks been- man that's really nice.
1: And also in regards to the show, how often will Chelsea be
3: on? We just nailed, I can't, I can't really say that. Comic-Con exclusive, it, yeah. Chelsea will be on the show. <laughs> Chelsea also came with me to pick out outfits for the show when we filmed that. That was for the pilot. That's something we'll use on the show. For those of you who, who probably uh, might not know Chelsea, she, I'm such a friendly person. I'm such like a bubbly and uh, effusive man. Did you
4: like, say, sorry, Chelsea Peretti? Yes. Chelsea yeah, Peretti. Okay.
0: <laughs>
3: And, but I like some of my friends. Uh, I kind of like that salty, sweet thing. So I'll be a sweetheart. And then I like having people on that like to break my balls and roast me and make fun of me. And people seem to enjoy that. So you have this kind of golden retriever of a man. And then you have Chelsea Peretti. It's, it's fun. It's, it's got that, a different flavor to it. So not only Chelsea, but like Bill Burr, uh, these people that really like giving me a hard time pretty much all my friends.
2: <laughs> that so, is the goal of the show. Like We want funny friends to hang out with us.
3: Yeah, that, that's another thing. It's not going to be celebrity-driven as much. I'm not supposed to talk about the guests, but I will say that nobody doing the show thus far is promoting anything. So people are coming on because they want to come and hang out and because we want to tell a specific story or we just want to bounce off each other. And uh, I think that's going to be another reason why the show stands out. It's not celebrity-driven promotional stuff the monologue isn't going to be set up punchline pulled from the news sort of stuff that we've seen before it's going to be more in line with my stand up it's going to be a lot more personal it's going to be a um, you know it could be about anything i i don't care about like a vermont man found a dead beaver in his garbage disposal and then i have a one liner that's fine but there's plenty of shows you can watch that do that very well i would rather do a monologue about how i don't want to be a sad dad or or I don't know. Edible arrangements. Edib- Edible arrangements or uh, binging on Oreos in my hotel room, which I did last night.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it ended up being a great question, and it allowed him to, to go farther into his show. Yep. Uh Unlike the last question, which ended up being a complete waste by the other reporter, Asking do the, the, uh, the F. Mary kill question. Oh, yeah. He, he, he really seemed kind of put off by that. I mean, yeah, he, he did kind on. of play along and kind of went with it. But yeah, he, he rolled with it and he made it funny. But yeah, yeah, but you could definitely tell it wasn't what he wanted to hear for his last question.
1: Right, right. <laughs> it's kind of random. Uh, but if you do enjoy that audio and you want to hear more from that Q&A, I have literally like 35 minutes or something total of audio from from that Q&A. Go to the dot com look for the post that is all about the P Home show and uh like I mentioned the the questions are all transcribed and then the audio responses there and you can check out I think it's like 16 or 17 questions uh that I put together there so enjoy that. Uh we then went right directly from that because it overlapped with our second press event for the day. One I was still very excited about but not nearly as excited about you and Anna.
2: Oh my god, <laughs> as soon as you told me that this was a possibility, I lost it. I was so excited could not wait. And I still can't believe it happened. I don't even know why I hesitated to go for it. Like I asked you
1: first to see if you were interested. I'm like, what am I doing? Of course he's interested in doing this. <laughs> of course. Of course he is. Uh, and we're talking about the Punkin' Chunkin' Extravaganza press event. And the main reason we were excited is because it was being hosted by the Mythbusters. Yep. Uh, not Adam and Jamie, but the build team of Carrie, Tori, and Grant, who were all there at the press event I didn't know, especially after the Pete Holmes one, how it was going to be. I thought maybe it would just be the roundtable thing. I didn't think it would be press conference style like the Pete Holmes one, but I didn't know we were going to have as much access as we Um, were given
2: one on one. It was unbelievable. Yeah. As long as we wanted to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We walked in the room. They said, let us know what you want and we will do it. And it was awesome. I was like, uh. Can I interview the Mythbusters? They're like, yeah, how would you like to interview them? Audio, video, one-on-one as a group. I'm like, (laughs) wow, this is like McDonald's. (laughs) I can have it any way I want. Or is that Burger King? I don't even know. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I should never compare. No. No. I
2: take back that analogy metaphor right away. And I will say, I was more nervous to interview these three than the time that I met Sean Astin. Really? Yes. And wow. I'm a huge Sean Astin fan. As yeah. You no. Know. But the reason why is like Sean Astin, I see him as an actor. You know, I know him for his roles. Yep. But I don't know who he is. Yeah. So when you meet him, it's kind of a surprise. Okay. So when I met Carrie, Tori, and Grant. You know, they're real people. They are who yeah, they are. Yeah. And you're like, Oh my God. I, I really hope they, they meet up to my expectations as you see them on TV. And they are, they're unbelievable. They were.
1: And I think I said it when I tweeted out too. They're, they're nicer than you'd even imagine them to be. Like you already would just go, these seem like such nice people. They're nicer than yes. that.
2: They were so accommodating, so nice. Like we stopped interviews and they just kept chatting with us. Yeah, they didn't be like, okay, we're done here. We're walking away. Right. No, they, they were genuine people. Sincere. I really felt like we could have hung out with them all day, yep. <laughs> which would have been amazing. Uh, but we have
1: some video interviews up on the site, uh, or or I'll be putting them up on the site. They're currently up on YouTube. So if you go to com slash YouTube, you can see the video interviews with Carrie Byron and Tori Belichi. Is it Bellici? Uh I think Bellici. they're out Belichi. Belichi. Yep. And we did film... An interview with Grant Imahara, but I fucked something up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, Grant, if you're listening, we don't hate you.
1: <laughs> we don't hate you. I fucked up big time. Uh, We have the video from it. We have the audio from the camera, which was far away, but then it's this tons of con noise in the background. I'm still trying to play with it and see if I can get the audio working. The The audio recorder I was using did not record the audio through the microphone. So I don't have it the same way I have Carrie's and Tories. I'm doing everything I can to make it work because I loved talking to him. I thought it was a decent interview.
2: Uh, it was a really good interview. He, he got really excited. He did. When you see him on on the show, he gets these moments where he mm. gets like really excited about something and you see it. Yeah. And it actually happened in the interview. Yeah. Because you guys were talking about something he was absolutely passionate about. Yeah. So it, 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 I hope it comes together.
1: Yeah. I, I really hope it does, too. I feel like such an
2: idiot still
1: like. It's one of those, if I could just time travel back for like 30 seconds just to hit the damn button and make sure it was working right before. I'm going to have to have you start like monitoring the audio, like throw headphones on you just to make sure. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, just to make just for video interviews, just make sure it's actually doing what it's supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Although you might not still not have known because I think it still sends it to the headphones, even if it's not. It was monitoring the audio. It just wasn't recording the audio. OK, so I don't know. We'll figure out something. But <laughs> I screwed that up. But we do have the Carrie and the Tory video interviews up there. But I'll play you the audio from Carrie and Tory so you can listen to those here. If you want to go check out the videos again, check YouTube. And I will be putting them up on the geek so you can see them all in one place there. So uh first up, the uh these are both maybe like three to five ish minutes each. First one was with Carrie Byron. I am here with uh, Carrie Byron from Mythbusters. Hello. Who will be hosting the Pumpkin Chunkin Extravaganza on Science Channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think the appeal of the Pumpkin Chunkin contest is?
0: Well, the, as a whole, the contest is insane. It's mm-hmm. a, this amazing charity event. It brings out over 100,000 people come to this event where they try to fling pumpkins as far as they can by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. Air cannons, trebuchets, catapults, and trivial force machines. It's Nuts, And it's just really fun to watch. But it's really just a feat of redneck engineering at its finest. And that's what it's really about.
1: Have you entered the contest yourself?
0: I, the time and money it takes, I mean, this is, this is a lifestyle. Yeah. People spend all year long and every spare dime to make these giant pumpkin chunkers. It's, mm-hmm. it's nothing you can just do part-time. Sure, sure. I got this Mythbuster gig. It's, it <laughs> takes up most of my time.
1: Yeah. Now, you have an art background yourself, which brought you into the Mythbusters world, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, what would you be pursuing had the show not taken off the way that it did?
0: Uh, you know, I was trying to get into special effects mm-hmm. when I got this job. I, I was trying to get an internship into special effects. So, hopefully, that would have been the road I would have taken if I wasn't grabbed from behind the camera, dragged in front of it, and said, You're a host! <laughs> That's what happened. Right,
1: right. Yeah. And how did that really come? Who approached you and took you and brought you in?
0: Well, um, you know, cable was sort of the wild west back then. It wasn't something that was quite so big, so mm-hmm. we didn't expect this to be this grand show. And sure. Jamie Heineman, the you know other host of the show, he he was going to be my mentor. He was going to uh, let me do this internship in the special effects mm-hmm. shop. And they needed a girl for one of their myths, and so he paid me a hundred bucks to um, have my butt scanned with a 3D scanner and I was like nobody will see this <laughs> it's just cable it's
1: not like you'll be on tv or anything no right?
0: no now it's the first thing that google images comes up with if you put my name in my parents are so proud <laughs>
1: um how many when you're cr- coming up with the myths I know there's a lot of fan submitted stuff what kind of stuff have you brought to the show like or what's maybe some of your favorite ones that you proposed
0: um you know early on it any it was anybody could bring anything in and I remember sitting on an airplane next to a conspiracy theorist, which generally that's not the best place or the best seat in the house because they talk a lot. But he gave me this great myth that I came back to the shop with. I'm like, all right, check this out. Now the idea of the brace position when the plane is going down is actually a conspiracy that it's meant to break your neck because it's more expensive to pay a lifetime of rehabilitation and all the lawsuits than if you just outright die. So, Whoa. right! <laughs> and my favorite was because it was back then. I came in with that on one day, and then, like, two days later, we were filming it. Yeah. It was just awesome. He told you this on an airplane? He he was kind of of a dick, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Told you. It was, like, the worst. I'm sitting next to a conspiracist on it. It was, like, a four-hour flight. Just, like, oh, my God. But something good came out of it. Sure.
2: How
1: often do you get approached with just these crazy things?
0: Every day. Yeah? Every day. (laughs) Constantly. And sometimes they're really good. Sometimes... Not so much, but mostly, you know, if if we haven't done them before, it's awesome. We go back, we write it down, we put it in the list.
2: Fantastic.
1: We look to seeing forward more of you on the Mythbusters as well as the Punkin' Chunkin' Extravaganza. On the Science Channel, so make sure you check that out as well.
0: Oh, wait, one more thing. Oh, one more thing? One more thing. This Thursday, October 17th, Mythbusters is doing a Walking Dead crossover. Mythbusters, zombies, (laughs) the best. It's 10 p.m., Thursday, October 17th. Please watch because Michael Rooker, as a special guest, comes and shows us how to walk like a zombie.
1: That is perfect. Right? Perfect. Perfect
2: yeah perfect yeah <laughs> hey, if you don't know who michael Roker is
1: it's uh Merle. oh i know who it is okay all right i know who michael roger is i've seen him in lots of other things yeah uh first time i saw him actually was Mallrats. rats he's the the ts's dad so you you see him walking out and doing like punches and his towel falls down and you see his butt
2: that's the first time i saw michael roger <laughs> <Really>? yeah so <laughs> i i did watch that episode and just like any other you know, show from the Mythbusters, It's great. It's entertaining. That's why I love it. It's knowledge and it's entertainment. Yeah. Well, you know, you're doing it right when you're learning and you don't even know it. Right. You just think you're sitting down watching a, an awesome show, but you're, you are learning something. Yeah. That's the double whammy. Yep. It's the good stuff.
1: Um, and Carrie was nice enough to tweet out that video as well too. So that has a whole bunch of views and she's following the geek generation account on Twitter, which is great. Yeah, I love that. Considering and, the fact that she has like 300 something thousand followers. And then you go, Oh, she's probably one of those people that just follows anybody that like she works with or does like any collaboration whatsoever. She only follows a little over 300 people. That's not a lot. So we're in a special group. It is a special group. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I was very happy about that. Uh, and then we also got a, a big retweet and including a picture of himself as a zombie from Tori. Who again shared the thing. He was super cool. He got really excited. Yes, he did. When we started talking zombies. Yep. I think we just kind of forgot about the whole pumpkin chunkin' thing <laughs> real quick. Hey, that's fine. You can it, promote both. Yeah. <laughs> it was just zombie excitement for the rest of the time we were there. We probably should have talked to the pumpkin chunkin guys while we were there, but we had a busy day. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot to do. Um, but here is the uh zombie filled interview with Tori. I am here with Toy from Mythbusters. Mythbust, I'll do that again. No, that,
4: keep that in. <laughs> People want real. Where, true. where is this going? This is the internet. This it's is going the internet. on the YouTube. Nobody wants... Yeah, on the YouTube. On the YouTube. People want reality. Authentic. Keep that. Authentic. I'm keeping it in. Yeah, from don't, Mythbusters. Don't start over. Just for the,
1: just for the proper plug. Yeah. Um, we're here at New York Comic Con, and you are hosting the Punkin' Chunkin'
4: Extravaganza on the Science Channel. Yes. That, that happens... Uh, it airs on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. on Science Channel, uh, but we will go out and shoot it um, November first through the third. We're out there, and it is an insane event. I mean, you're out there with these giant machines mm-hmm. with so much power, and everything in your head's like, "I shouldn't be anywhere near this thing when it's firing." But you know, mm-hmm. we have to be right there. And when these pumpkins go, it's like, Whoey! and you hear the whip. Yeah, it's like you have to change your underwear. i I got to bring at least 12 dozen underwear. You know? <laughs> um,
1: since we are at Comic-Con, what are the things that you're into? What are you watching? What are you reading?
4: I'm a huge Walking Dead fan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, actually on we have a crossover show mm-hmm. on Mythbusters coming up uh, uh, Thursday, I think, October 17th. October. Yes, yeah. Um, and we tested zombie myths. And that's like, to me, that's like, I couldn't believe we were actually doing it because mm-hmm. I've been a zombie fan since I was a kid. I, you know, I grew up watching Tom Savini movies, you know, all his makeup. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Corman, uh, or not Corman, yeah, Romero. We were doing. Um, I remember watching Night of the Living Dead as a kid, and just my little brain just freaked out. It was yeah. like I want to do special effects. Uh, so we had we had Michael Rooker come on the show. He was insane. Funny, crazy, amazing guy. Well, do you, okay. The first movie he was in was Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, right? Where he plays a serial yeah. killer. Yeah, yeah. So to meet him in real life, you're like, this guy's psycho, <laughs> <laughs> and he's kind of like that. But he's great. Uh, and then we did. Uh, we had uh, Greg Nicotero, mm-hmm. who is the executive producer, director, sure. makeup artist. Um, he's a friend of mine. So I called him up and I was like, is there any way we can get you to come up or we'll come down? He's like, come down to the shop. So I got to go down to k and Studios and get turned into a zombie. Nice. It was the best day of my life. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Everything come in full circle. It was like they put the contacts in and the teeth. And I, and I was like, I couldn't stop walking around. Like, How the,
1: long did you leave them in?
4: Uh, it was probably a good three hours. Yeah. yeah. The makeup took about an hour to do, uh, and as they were putting it on, you're like looking in the mirror and you're like, "Oh man, my face looks really trash. I look like I got hit by a truck." Sure. But as soon as the contacts went in and the teeth went in, it was just like you just you went into character. It yeah. was just amazing. <laughs> Any temptation to come dressed like a zombie here today? Yeah, you know, but it gets so messy, you know, with the yeah. blood and everything. And uh, but it's a good way to get through the crowd. You know, mm-hmm. you, know you can just kind of sneak around. No one. No one knows who you are. So zombies were kind of your entry point, and your interest into the special effects world? A- absolutely. I mean, uh, I've always been into like horror movies, mm-hmm. um, but there was just something about zombie movies that I lost my mind. And then when I heard that they were doing Walking Dead and turning it into a series, I was just I, like freaked out. Uh, and I'm still trying to get on as an extra as a zombie yeah. I keep talking to Greg and I'm like dude just like I'll fly down to Atlanta or wherever you know in Georgia I'll come over he's like you come out I'll turn you into a zombie and put you in so
1: as a uh, zombie enthusiast do you have the escape scenario or the the ap- apocalypse plan in your brain
4: I, you know, I, I think my favorite tactic is dressing up like a zombie mm-hmm. and just kind of you know, blending in my, did you guys see the movie, uh, zombie land? Yeah, yeah. My favorite was Bill Murray, you know, and he was like, Oh man, I can just get on, you know, he goes and goes plays, goes to go play golf. And he's like, I get on every day. Like there's no lines, yeah. you know? And I just love that idea of, could you fool a horde of zombies? If you were at dressed up and acting like a zombie. Yeah.
1: <laughs> do you, uh, do you happen to have any like, they have, like, those tables that have a shield and a club. It, like, splits into two things. Is there any thought put into that? Like, if this were really to go down.
4: Yeah. I mean, or, or, like, what's the best weapon? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, like I would love to do a revisit because we tested, uh, which is better, an axe or a gun. Mm-hmm. And I would like to go back and let's test all the weapons. Yeah. You know, katana sword, mm-hmm. machete, a spear. Like, my feeling is a spear would probably be the most effective because it keeps you from arm's length. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you're far enough away from the zombie. And all you got to do is puncture their brain, and yep. they're going down. So if you're just like, doink, 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 I think you could take out a lot from far distance. C-
1: can we visit Iron Man armor? I still think that's maybe... We
4: could. Or <laughs> 300 use the tactic with 300 where they all have the shields and the spears. That is not a bad idea. 300 versus zombies? I think Zach needs to work on that. Guys, you heard it here first. Spartan Army
1: versus zombie horde. Spartan Army wins. I, I think,
4: <laughs> do we get credit for this idea? I think so. Idea? Don't you guys try to steal our idea.
1: <laughs> Future movie, 300 zombies. <laughs> Sign it. Copyright. We're done.
4: 300 versus millions of zombies.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for joining yeah, us, Tori. Totally. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Nice to meet you Thank guys. Thank you. Again, super nice guy,
2: just hilarious. Genuine. Yeah. And you know what I love about all of them? You can tell absolutely they love what they do. Oh, yeah. And it has nothing to do with being on TV. Right. They just love doing it. Like if they didn't have a show and they could still do what they do, they would do it. Absolutely. Yeah. The fact that they have an audience and
1: fans is like icing on the cake, it seems.
2: And I think what makes, what would make another job scary. Makes theirs awesome. Yeah. Like if you didn't know what you're gonna do tomorrow, yeah, you'd probably be like, "Oh man, I'm gonna be nervous about this." That's got to be the most exciting thing with their job. What are we testing What's today? Next. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. The only thing I am so upset is I did not even think to ask for an autograph from anybody. Oh, I didn't get the Mythbusters. Yeah. Yeah. How do you not want one? I should have gone with like eight
1: by tens. I, I mean, <laughs> it feels a little odd as press to do that a little bit.
2: Yeah, but I still got needs. Yeah. <laughs> so if anybody from the Mythbusters is listening, you can contact me at Mikey the Goonie. <laughs> <laughs> On Twitter. Yep. <laughs> He'll actually tweet back I to you. I will tweet back. <laughs> I have, I think, three tweets, and I will definitely start sending them out if it's to the Three tweets? Maybe it's two. Wow. It, it was two. Yeah. and it's just to you. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. If, I didn't know if you were Twitter cheating yeah. on me. <laughs> and actually, speaking of Twitter, Jamie from Mythbusters has the best name. And I don't even know why I didn't think of it. Really? Jamie no tweets. Nice. I should have been Mikey no tweets. Does it he not tweet? Happen. No. That's funny. <laughs> I, I am following him though. <laughs> <laughs> just in the case yeah, that he does one
1: day. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Uh, we went from Mythbusters to spend some time in Artist Alley. Which we, I think we spend more time in Artist Alley this year than we ever have. Yeah. Maybe more time than we did on the show floor.
2: Yeah, I think I think we did this year. We were really
1: looking at everything this year. And yep. there was a lot of stuff to look at. Yeah. Some really good stuff. And while we were down there, I got the Yale Stewart print. We had had Yale on a little while ago. Saw him at Boston Comic Con. And I really wanted to get this print that he has of Bruce and Clark walking his kids. And they have the adult silhouettes behind them. And then he ran out in Boston. He was like, I'll have more New York. I'm like, I got to get one then. And then I'm glad I bought it on Saturday because he
2: was out on Sunday. And there were people like tracking you down. You were just carrying it, not like showing it off. you were just carrying it. Yeah. And there were people like, where'd you get it? Where'd you get it? They sold out yet. And I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. I mean, they were all over. He's him. got quite a following. Yeah. yeah. And he was cool, too. I mean, do you want this signed? You know, it wasn't like, hey, if you want my signature, it's an extra fee. Right, Which right. Is, hey, you want me to sign this too? I think a lot of the artists do do yeah, that. Yeah, I would say that, yeah, the artists are really cool. Yeah. Like that, and I don't know, that. I think that's why I like going down the alley. I mean, I admit I haven't bought anything from them, mm-hmm. but there's tons of stuff I would love to have. Yeah. You you got the pins. I did get the pins, yeah. 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 Got some JL8 pins. Yes. I only got to keep three. Me and Anna <laughs> split those. And I took Bruce. Yeah, even though I paid nothing. <laughs> well, well, we got we got seven pins, so you, yeah. it's hard to split an odd number, and that worked out fine. I yeah. got what did I get? You got uh, I got Superman, Marshman Hunter, Marshman Hunter, and did you take Flash? Power Girl or I think I got Flash. Oh, okay, yeah. or Green Lantern. It was either Flash, Green Lantern. I think it might have been Green Lantern. Yeah, actually. I think Anna took Flash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's
1: okay. Yeah, yeah. From Artist Sally. We attempted to go to the Shield and the Walking Dead panels. That was not happening. Nope. And they were back to back. The Same uh, theater. We were at least 45 minutes before the Shield one started, and then right as they were letting people in, we were nowhere near the door. No, we were what two two aisles away. Yep. And it was, and when we're talking aisles, we're talking the size of a giant like warehouse room yeah. is one aisle, one lane. And we were two away, so there was no way. And then we were trying, we were making the tough call on whether or not we were going to try for The Walking Dead, but apparently we made the
2: right call. Yeah, we weren't going to make
1: it. Yeah, as we were leaving, one of the attendants was like, "Uh, there's no way you guys are going to make it into The Walking
2: Dead. Yeah, I think that would be like one of the the keys to going to a con if you haven't been is just because you have your heart set on something, Mm -hmm. you can't waste all your time in hopes of seeing something. Right. You got to be realistic and have a backup plan. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a huge list of panels that we could have gone to. Yeah, and as
1: usual, you make like maybe a third of them.
2: Mm-hmm. And it was good though. I mean, you had, you had like your agenda list, you know, and then I had a little backup list, and I had a backup list. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there was definitely a no. There was no stop in, right. in
1: what we were doing. Ultimately, it always comes down to two. We're just having too much fun to go sit in a panel. Yeah, that happens a lot. Panels are nice to kind of sit down and relax and stuff. But we were just so busy between the press stuff and everything like who needs a panel? (laughs) I mean, yeah, those would have been fun at the end of the day. But we did have a panel uh, that we did sit in at the end of the day that I highly enjoyed. I was looking forward to it. And that was the Batman Arkham Origins panel. When they have the whole panel on one game like that, I think you get a little more information than when it's like a smorgasbord of stuff where like Marvel does all their video games or all their TV stuff, something like that. Uh So we got a lot of time hearing uh, different things. They announced the NetherRealm Studios was making a mobile version of the game, which is fine because they're coming out with the console one. That's that's the key. Yeah. The mobile is just extra uh, for people that have played Arkham City Lockdown, which was a mobile game that released along with Arkham City. This is very similar in gameplay style to that. They also said that there's going to be some cross platform unlocks if you play both. And I guess the mobile version is a free game. So if you do play both, you can unlock the one example they gave was the Red Sun Batman skin, which I think you unlock in the console version. If you play on mobile, I think I don't know for sure. That's a guess. But they did say the Red Sun Batman skin is unlockable, whether it be for one or the other. Uh That's cool. They talked about a similarity to Mega Man in that there's the eight assassins in the game that are hunting down Batman. And as you take each of them out, you kind of get their gadget or their power or anything like that. So you kind of take on their ability as Mega Man would to help you do new things in the game. I thought that was cool. But having a Batman game reference Mega Man, I was like, yeah,
2: <laughs> that's that's like <laughs> my two worlds. favorite
1: game franchises. Just yeah, chatting with each other. Uh, But one of the cool, cool. And actually, I should probably do this as we wrap up this panel. But um, one of the really, really cool moments that gave everyone goosebumps, at least I got goosebumps and I felt like everyone was on board. This is the first game where Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill are not voicing Batman and the Joker. Uh, I don't think Conroy's done with Batman, but they wanted a younger voice, so they brought in Roger Craig Smith, and he's doing Batman's voice, and it sounded great. But for Joker, Mark Hamill is just like Conroy is iconic for Batman. Hamill's iconic for Joker, and people are seem to be even more picky about the Joker's voice than Batman's, because there are a lot of people that do Batman well. But the Joker is such a specific sound that people really like from Hamill. Uh, so they got Troy Baker in to do the Joker's voice, and he sounds like he's doing a Hamill impression, but it's a little different. And he definitely won over at least the people in attendance with what he did.
2: They were crazy. It, yeah. was, it was really
1: well done. It was amazing. And he he read a passage from The Killing Joke, a monologue that... The Joker says to Commissioner Gordon when they're in the tunnel of love and the place went silent and they were hanging on his every word and they erupted at the end when he was done. It was it was just one of those moments. You're like, oh, I'm glad I was here for that. That was cool. Yeah. And it's kind of blown up online, too. But if you haven't heard it, I do have it. Ooh. So we can take a listen to that, too.
2: My eyes fell upon this. This certain paragraph and uh, it's, it's one of my favorite monologues and to me it's one of the best cross-sections of who the Joker is. It's the, it's the monologue that he gives when Gordon is going through the, uh, the kind of tunnel of love thing, showing the pictures, okay? Memories
3: can be vile. Repulsive little brutes like children, I suppose. <laughs>
2: But can we live without them? Memories are what our reason is based upon. If we can't face them, we deny reason
3: itself.
2: Although, why not? We are contractually tied down to rationality.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: there is no sanity clause. So, when you find yourself locked onto an unpleasant train of thought, heading for the places in your past where the screaming is unbearable,
3: remember there's always madness. You can
2: just step outside and close the door, and all those dreadful things that happened, you can lock them away. Madness is the emergency exit awesome flawless yeah that's the most impressive part i mean that's not something short that you can just do i mean that's to do that without a hiccup is great that was amazing and i get i get chills just even
1: hearing it then again it was amazing so he's definitely sold us on being i guess the new joker uh, and kind of taking over for Hamill, and that's really cool. The last thing they did during this panel was they announced another assassin, the Electrocutioner, which is a character I'm not even that familiar with, so the the applause wasn't huge, but the uh, the reason for including him was more of a gameplay one, they explained, because like we said, there's that Mega Man type idea, so when you defeat the Electrocutioner, Batman gets his gloves, which allows him to kind of get the edge in combat, He can use them against thugs holding shields or wearing armor and kind of like turn the power tables on him to kind of get the edge there. So that's cool. Uh, And that kind of wrapped up our Saturday aside from just a hunt for pizza at the end (laughs) because we're in New York and you got to have pizza. And as opposed to our like many meals of pizza in New York, I think this was the only
2: one. Well, I mean, really, that was our only meal of the day.
1: Yeah. It really
2: was. Yeah, you just, just kinda, you just snack your way through the con. Because yep. you, one, you don't want to leave to get food or you don't want to pay the price. Yeah, it's too expensive. What they have. Way too expensive. But then we go into Sunday,
1: which we were uh, just trying to recover from Saturday even still. Like my hips hurt from walking that much. Yeah, my knees were starting to hurt. and stuff around. But hey, Sunday's ahead of us. So uh, our plan on Sunday was to go. I needed a Patrick Stewart autograph. I, desperately, I needed one. And having the press badges allowed us to get into the convention before the general population, which was very handy and probably the only way we'd have done this without waiting in line for five hours. Uh So we went right to the Patrick Stewart autograph line. He get, got there maybe like 20 minutes late or something, but whatever. We were maybe in line for 20 minutes to a half hour tops.
2: And then. Yep. And then we met Patrick's Yeah, very nice. Yep. I could I could listen to that guy talk all day with that accent. Oh, seriously, unbelievable. So cool.
1: So the fact that I have that now is just oh, I'm ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He'll be on the wall of fame very soon. He's already framed, and he'll be he'll be going up there. Then we when we spent a little other a little more time in the autograph area, and I got a
2: picture and an autograph with Ernie Hudson. Yep. Who will also be at a uh, Rhode Island Comic Con? Right. Yep. Right. I thought he might be. Oh yeah. On Saturday, I got uh, I got Hulk Hogan's autograph. That's right. That's right. It's not for me. It's actually for my friend's wife. But for me, it was cool because I I grew up watching wrestling, watching mm-hmm. WrestleMania. How do you not love Hulk Hogan, right. the icon? And um, but the great thing was to meet him personally. That was cool for me. Sure. I'm going I'm to remember that. So it, for me to give away the autographs, not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But it was cool because he, he had his, like, classic uh, photographs to get signed, which, yeah. you know, it, it appealed to me greatly. But to meet him, like, I always knew he was big. <laughs> I, I never bothered to look up the stats. But growing up as a kid, I always thought, what was he, like, 6'4"? Something like that. 6'6"? Six, six. Yeah. But he is just massive. He is still massive. Yeah. I mean, I shook his hand. I couldn't even, you know, curl a knuckle. It was just, like, <laughs> straight hand and that was it just big meaty hands and the thing that blows me away is you know again thinking back to um the fight between him and Andre the giant mm-hmm. Andre the giant dwarfed him he made right. him look small and he is a big dude yeah so that that was cool that was really cool to meet him and he was he was a really nice guy really genuine yeah that was cool have you given her the autograph yet not yet oh, okay not yet still
1: looking forward to that i'm sure oh yeah she's going <laughs> to freak out yeah <laughs> We took a look at a couple others. Mikey and I really wanted John Barrowman's
2: autograph. Yeah. His line was unreal. We would we would have sat in that line all day on Sunday. Yeah, that's the only thing we would have done. Yeah, uh,
1: and then we went to the South Park Stick
2: of Truth booth. <laughs> Truth booth. Yeah, that was a cool booth, and we had got, a lot of. Uh, that was
1: cool. It looked like it had Tom's rhinoplasty and the post office, and it was a street. Yep. in South Park like the buildings looked like they belonged in the show it yeah, was great the, the roofs were on fire cuz there was a UFO that crashed yep. in the top of them and uh so we went inside one of the doors and they showed us uh i don't know 5 minutes or so or 8 minutes actually i think it was yeah i think it was 8 minute gameplay video yeah and the game looks awesome it is a turn based rpg in the classic sense the game looks like the show
2: you're you're watching an episode of the show basically yeah cuz there was a cutscene. you watched a video mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you just kind of notice that the people are standing still. You're like, what's going on? Then you realize that the gameplay is actually taken over. Right, right. It's very cool. Very seamless. Um, All the
1: magic is fart based, which is (laughs) hilarious. The dialogue's hysterical. Yeah, a lot of interaction with the environment. Yeah. This game, I can't wait for this game. It's going to be so amazing. Uh, In December sometime that comes out. Uh, We then had another press event that we didn't get confirmation on before we left. But Saturday night, I got an email saying we could go. Thank God. Uh, And that was the WWE Studios Halloween Horror press time. So we got to go back there. We met the I, I don't know if he was the head of WWE Studios or a producer there, as well as the directors for See No Evil 2 and Leprechaun Origins, which were the two movies they were promoting there. And then on top of that, we got to meet Hornswoggle and Kane. Yeah. Which was very cool.
2: That was a lot more fun than I expected because I haven't watched wrestling in a while. So I figured, yeah, whatever. But it it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Kane's a big dude, too. (sighs) Yeah, he is. He's man. His chest is. Yeah. Big.
1: Yeah. I thought it was interesting seeing him walking in with like glasses on and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He doesn't. I don't know. That's not how I would have pictured him. Right. Right. He took uh, him off
2: when we were actually like starting to talk and everything. But yep. Yeah, he was hard to take a picture of because he's such a tall guy. Mm-hmm. And when he's sitting at the table, you know, talking with the small group, he's actually kind of looking down at everybody. Right, else. right. So in my pictures, because I'm standing up, yeah. it looks like he's just looking down the whole time. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he was kind of hard to photograph. Yeah. And, uh, and Hornswoggle was really funny, really cool. He had he told
1: us about his Mario tattoo. Yeah. He has a Mario and Luigi tattoo on his forearm that someone asked him about. And I guess he has a friend back home. He's obviously Hornswoggle's very short <laughs> and a little more stout. And then his friend is very tall and lanky. So they often compare themselves to Mario and Luigi. So they got matching tattoos to kind of like celebrate their friendship, which is cool.
2: Yeah, I, I really like the Hornswoggle interview because I actually was a fan of the the original Leprechaun
1: mm-hmm.
2: horror movies just because they, they're funny. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they are horror. There's, there's killing and everything, but it was it was always kind of in a in a funny way. Yep. You know? And so to hear Hornswoggle talk about how this new uh, series is going to take a different direction and it is actually going to be scary and meant to be scary. Right, right. It really kind of piqued my interest, and I really do want to see it. Yeah. I do want to see that movie. And, yeah, he said the tone's going to be darker and yep. all that stuff. And, and the weird thing is he actually kind of compared the killing... To um, saw saw the yeah. saw series, yeah. so I'd imagine it's not going to be, you know, the spur of the moment type killing. It's it's going to be, I think, a lot of planning involved, which means you are probably not going to see a lot of the leprechaun character, right? It's going to be more mystery, you know, little clips here there. Yeah, he had
1: mentioned he shot for like two weeks, yeah, and which seems like a short time, but then that's probably all he needed to do, and then the rest of the movie was shot. When he wasn't available.
2: Yep. And I, I'm really excited to see the new look because it's not going to be a leprechaun. hmm You know, he he did say there was a lot of prosthetics. hmm So I, I'm imagining more of like a, a goblin, beastly mm-hmm. character because they did also say they went back into the lore. Right. So I think this is... Well, it's, it's not going to be your stereotypical. No, it's going to be like an Origins
1: movie, really. Right, right. Yeah, and they're very, very loosely tying it to the other movies. They might make a couple of references here and there, but it's pretty much a fresh start.
2: Yeah, and actually, he did say there was no speaking roles.
1: Oh, really? I could have sworn he had mentioned He no maybe did. Roles. I might not have caught that one. Yeah. I had some trouble paying attention to, to some of the things. Some people were very quiet, and especially people asking the questions, so I couldn't even tell half the time what he was answering, necessarily.
2: Yeah. I did like the couple of wrestling questions that he was asked. I didn't realize that he would stay under the stage for like three hours before right. he would come out. I thought they had some way of getting him under there so he couldn't
1: so he wouldn't have to do that for that long. Yeah, and, that's and he commitment. didn't seem to care.
2: No, he didn't. Well, he kind of made a little joke that he's actually short enough where he can stand under the stage. Right. <laughs> that's
1: crazy. I wouldn't even know I'm like, what is he playing video games under there? Yeah. Right? Like, he must be.
2: Gotta do something to pass the time. And uh the other one was Again, it had to do with being under the stage and that one time he actually fell asleep and he missed his cue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but how can you be mad at a guy? he be like, Hey, why don't you stand there for three hours before we call on you? Right. Right. Eventually he's got to mess up one time. Give him some sort of way to wake up or whatever before yeah. his, his time comes.
1: And the only, the only bummer I had. Well, there's two bummers from this one. One is that I have no audio from it because I messed that up too. <laughs> um, but the, the other bummer is that I didn't really get a chance to talk to Kane, which I wanted to cause we, they overbooked this one and we were kind of on like the outskirts of a table. So we didn't even get to ask a question or anything. And, uh, we, we just were not in a good position to, to really assert ourselves and talk to the people there. Um, but I had, I'd wanted to tell Kane like how much he had been an inspiration for me getting into wrestling. I based one of my characters largely on his, uh, in combination with some others, but. It was a bummer that we didn't, and they were going right to a panel afterwards. So unlike the Mythbusters and Pete Holmes, we could like take pictures of them and hang around a little bit, but they were like right out the door. Oh so yeah. Speaking one. of
2: Pete Holmes, he is another gigantic man. He is a tall, tall he guy. He's very big. I didn't realize how
1: tall until I took a picture with him and he dwarfed me. Yeah. 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 He could have been a wrestler. <laughs> he could have been. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the, the other like weird, weird thing we had gone up to the press area after all this other stuff we did and just hang out for a little while and relax and whatever before we were going home. The the day before we had seen a crazy autograph line and we had no idea who it was for. And it turns out it was for Neil deGrasse Tyson. Um yeah. the the astronomer, physicist type guy. We we're like, I don't did you guys even know who that was? No. Before oh okay. Nope. <laughs> who has a much bigger following apparently than we realized. But then we were going to use the bathroom up in the press area and uh one of the custodians redirected us to another area is like oh there's one over there that's open just go and uh go to that one as we were walking to the bathroom we passed an interview area where um allison hayslip was interviewing i don't even know who she was interviewing but damn she looked good (laughs) (laughs)
2: uh
1: and she has like black hair now and she was wearing like a black halter top and everything i was like she's she's almost on that goth border and i i dig that <laughs> she was looking good but then we went and used the bathroom and there was someone like washing their hands at the sink and everything and uh we were just going over and going in and he turned around and left and i was like what holy crap that was neil degrasse Tyson <laughs> leaving the bathroom <laughs> as we were coming in that was just like those little weird surreal moments that you, when you're in those back areas you kind
2: of get access to yeah i mean that's awesome and awkward at the same exact time yeah because you're like oh my god here he is but you're in a bathroom. Right. Do right. you approach him or not? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with bathroom. Definitely no. Yeah, exactly. Say Although the-
1: there are, I'm sure, leeches out there that would have grabbed right onto that and been like, oh, I need to go. To-. No one wants to be interrupted in the bathroom. <laughs> Shaking his hand with your wet hands. You're like, yeah. yeah. There are definitely some things that I don't get because I'm not that pushy type of asshole. Like, there There are times when I don't even know if it was last year or the year before. After we saw the the Hardwick podcast, like, we saw him again the next day at another panel. There was a huge group of people waiting around him. He was clearly on his way out. and I was like, fuck it. We saw him last night. I don't, I don't need to talk to him again. And then uh, at the Kane one this year, there were people kind of stopping him, even though he was trying to leave to get pictures with himself. And even though I really wanted a picture with him, I was like, I'm not going to be that jerk. He has things to do. Yeah. He needs to leave. Like, stop being leeches and just ugh. that would drive me crazy. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that's pretty much all I had on my list. So I don't know if there's anything you wanted to, to mention that I forgot about or,
2: um, yeah, I mean, this one is just one of those little moments that I thought was awesome. Yeah. It was, we were walking around, I think it was Saturday night. Uh, we're back up on the main floor and I think we were just looking through, um, what was for sale up there. And I think you pointed it out to me. There was a little boy. Dressed up like Wolverine. A little girl. Oh, yeah. It was a little girl. That's That's right. right. Because she had her braided hair. Yep. A little girl dressed up like the comic book Wolverine. Mm -hmm. And then uh, there was another guy. I got a photo of it. Another guy dressed up exactly like her. Yes. You know, full size guy. And she got so excited. She started calling out Wolverine. Yeah, Wolverine, Wolverine. So he comes back and he kneels down. Uh, they, they got a photo taken together and as the guy was standing back up, she looks up at him and sincerely says, I love you. Yes. It was awesome. It was so cool. And then she like flicked his cigar. Yeah. Yeah. With her <laughs> yeah hand. She, right like, after smacked the smacked his cigar yeah, she that was in his cigar. mouth. Yeah. But I, I mean, that's just one of those really cool moments that, you know, only a handful of people got to see. Yep. But uh, for me, that was really cool. Yeah,
1: no that was awesome. I I should have mentioned that too. I was just editing photos today from the con. Yep. But again, that that photo up of those two is up on our cosplay photo gallery. Uh so go to the geekgeneration.com and check that out. But yeah, that was that was a nice little thing and it's that is the tone of like yes, there's all these people that talk about like the sexism and the the weird things and the the people that are asking uh bad questions and kind of making the press look bad and there's all these, like, weird connotations and people looking from the outside in at Comic-Con being like, what, a bunch of dorks and blah, blah, blah. But those little moments, that is the majority of the yeah. tone of these places. It's it's a loving environment. You're among people that you all have the same interests in. Uh And when you leave, it feels like you're leaving, like, your commune. Yeah. And going back out into a world you don't want to be in. You want to go back and be with your people.
2: Yep. I mean yeah exactly everybody's there for the same reason mm-hmm. uh it doesn't matter if you're paying to get in and you're just you know a normal patron in there even the press mm-hmm. I mean nobody's just going there to I don't think anybody's just going there to just cover it right I think they're going to get the true fans who are just going to volunteer to go mm-hmm. so yeah it it I think it, it's got a real great community feel to it yeah yeah, I had a lot of fun this year. Yeah. I can't wait to go next year and, again. I, and I loved it this year because it was different than last year. I mm-hmm. mean, last year was my first con, so obviously, uh, for me, uh, last year, it was the cosplay that absolutely blew my mind. Yep, yep. And I don't think it was anything disappointing this year, but for me, it was, you know, the press abilities and yeah. the, uh, what that offered for us this sure, year. Sure, That was unbelievable. yeah.
1: And actually, speaking of cosplay, we we mentioned there, too, because there tends to be a trend every year. There seems to be oh, yeah. of whatever. And last year, it was like Poison Ivies were everywhere. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, this year, the trend seemed to be guys dressing up as girl characters and not the majority of them, not even making male versions, just literally dressing up as women. <laughs> yeah. That seemed to be I don't know if guys just want more attention now. Or what, or because
2: female cosplayers get more attention, they're just like, well, we're just going to dress up exactly like them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. For me, it was like the simple costumes this year that really kind of actually kind of piqued my interest. Yeah. Like the guy that did the Bob's Burgers. That was awesome. That one, that, I think that was my favorite. This that was year. great. Yeah. yeah. And he even committed and shaved his head. <laughs> yeah. 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 I thought that was really funny. <laughs> and there was a Carl from. Uh, yes. Aqua Teen Hunger Force. That yep. was really good.
1: Yep. A lot of little things here and there. Uh, you see them all over, but always very entertaining. So I think that kind of does it yep. for this week. Again, look forward to next year's New York Comic Con. Unfortunately, Anna couldn't be with us here today to recap. But she was, like we mentioned, at the con with us, which added a whole other level of enjoyment. It's like having a kid at Christmas time, <laughs> because even though Anna's been to a convention before, she's never been to one like this. So seeing it through the eyes of someone else is always interesting too, which continues to make it fun every year. And hopefully we'll have an even bigger crew next year and it'll just keep getting more and more awesome. Final thought or something you want to plug? I don't know why I asked. Well, I already
2: did my, uh, my shameless plug earlier. (laughs) Mikey the Goonie. Yeah. Mikey the Goonie, (laughs) please. Uh, but no, I think if, uh, again, if you've never been to a con, but you really think that's something you should try, uh, the Rhode Island Comic Con is coming up, so if you're and we'll be a big linear, presence there. Well, yes, we so will. Look for we'll us. We'll be uh podcasting live. Yep. Rao will be hosting a comedy show. Yep. After party. Come on! How is this not fun? Come on now! Uh, all right. So go
1: and see everything we do over at thegeekgeneration.com. dot com. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. We always appreciate those. Please like us at facebook.com slash thegeekgeneration. You can follow us at Geek Generation on Twitter and Pinterest. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at The Night Angel. You can send emails with your feedback and questions to podcast at TheGeekGeneration.com. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. Next week, we'll be back with hopefully something very, very exciting for you with our special Halloween episode. So uh, we'll see you then. Later.
3: make it so.